Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelists. I'm Will. Unfortunately, that's not Blake. Today we have Jeremy. And for those of you that are new to us that have not met Jeremy before, he is my illustrious co-host when Blake is otherwise indisposed. So y'all are gonna have to forgive us. I'm uh I'm solo recording, no offense, Jeremy. Um, but yeah, for our Dimension 20 fans that maybe haven't seen our other content before. Uh, he fills in, you know, seat warmer, seat filler, uh, just so I'm not out here, out in the cold alone. But yeah, so this episode is going to be slightly different than normal. Still going to just run through our quick little normal intro announcements, and then I will jump into a recap of the Ravening War episode five. But after that, um, as beautiful as Jeremy is, he's not the best at holding a discussion, so there won't typically be our recrafting and discussing portion of the episode um <clears throat> which i know bummer but we will be back to dive deep into the finale um which is actually today and yeah pardon me for getting this out so late but we were waiting until the last moment hopefully uh hoping that we could make uh our recording schedule match up and maybe get this out to you guys with blake today but didn't pan out so um getting this out a bit late but that means the finale is tonight, so we don't have to wait too long, which is exciting. And on that note, um, for the finale, going to finally be hosting a proper watch party. Um, the plan is going to be to press play on episode 6 at 7 p.m. Central Time. So, for those of you in different time zones, adjust as needed. Um, and hoping, you know, there'd be a handful of us to watch uh, this finale together. So if that interests you, be sure to click the link down below to join the Discord, as that is where that will be happening. Uh, really looking forward to it tonight. Other than that, I'm trying to think if there's any announcements. I don't really think so, just, you know, other than the usual. I don't think I ever said that we're the Pixelists, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. So there's that. Um, covering Critical Role, that episode will be coming out soon, either today or tomorrow, um, hopefully, um, uh, and hopefully that will be with Blake, um, no offense Jeremy, but we'll see, may possibly be solo recording there as well, uh, in addition to that, we've got The Wizard, The Witch, and The Wild One also coming down the pipeline, and I think that's pretty much it for right now, um, we are playing a bunch of Diablo still. You guys may have seen some of uh, Blake's videos on the channel recently. Please check those out if you haven't already. Uh, even if you're not playing the game, you know, checking it out, giving it a like really helps us out with this new type of content that we're checking out. So um, much appreciated for those of you that have checked it out. Other than that, I think that's pretty much it. So without further ado, let's launch into the recap. And if you're new to the channel, um, I don't usually talk to a stuffed animal this side, actually. Um, but we like to run through a recap uh, to get everybody up to speed for this long form content. And we cut that recap out and host it separately on YouTube. So if you happen to find yourself on that recap and want to see more Ravening War discussion, there will be a link to the full episode uh, down in the description below. Alrighty. With all that out of the way, let's actually get into it. Episode 5 
of the Ravening War, the Seventh Kingdom. So, we pick back up with everyone in the tunnels. Excuse me, other, everyone in these tunnels beneath Ceresia, um, where we have just run into a member of the FDA having turned a corner, and basically Brennan as the bishop is like, I cast Shatter. So we pick up, we're rolling initiative, and Rafaniel actually decides not to cast the Shatter uh, because he's wary of potentially hurting the fungal rot um, creatures that are down here as well who he doesn't want to, which we come to learn these are called Saprophians. So he doesn't want to harm the Saprophians on accident. So he holds back on the Shatter. Um, the FDA member is actually up first and yells for help as he basically starts running the other way and kind of unleashing some arrows as he does. The Saprophians kind of scurry away too down the tunnel um, and some new ones actually show up as well. The workers kind of scurry away, but these new ones that are wearing armor and actually have weapons show up, but they're going to hold their action for now because they're not really entirely sure what's going on with the dynamic with these new people that have appeared. Um, Urfaniel then casts Suggestion on the fleeing FDA member and tells them to stay, you know, parlay with us, and he's actually successful. So now everyone is kind of holding their action to kind of see how that pans out before people attack. Um, <clears throat> but as we go through the initiative order, Colin actually dives through and kind of ducks through a few people and then starts attacking the armored Saprophrians. And Deli's like, okay, I guess we're doing this, and he follows suit. So combat continues for a bit with lots and lots of silvery barbs until we get back to Rafaniel once again, um, who tries to communicate with these creatures and the hive mind itself. He tells them that the FDA is using them and that they should stand with them instead. Um, persuasion check, and Matt says it's a 23 DC for the Saprophrians to stand down, and it's a 28 DC for them to actually turn and join with them. Um, unfortunately, Brennan does not hit either, so he then tells the rest of the party, yep, just kill them. They're not down to clown with us. Take them out. <laughs> and um, another uh, cloaked FDA figure has joined the fray at this point, and Karna recognizes this person, who is a leak, as a rival spymaster from Fructera that has basically been a thorn in her side for the past 10 years. Um, so she tries to, you know, start taking him out. Um, combat continues until it eventually uh, comes to an end uh, with the party being successful and taking everyone out. And Rafaniel immediately begins just sawing off the head of one of the FDA members in order to speak with dead with it later. Um, Amungo then tries to communicate with um, one of the worker Saprophrians. So, um, excuse me, I didn't mention earlier that the crew left the digger, the worker Saprophrians alone and only attacked the armored ones. So she tries to communicate with one of them um, and it releases the spores that she inhales and then is able to communicate uh, with them more properly. And it tells her, you know, you shouldn't be here. You should run. And Amungo says... Um, basically to everyone else like hey we should not be harming these creatures like they're gentle they don't want to be fighting us um the crew then pushes deeper into the tunnels um and the mycelium network is growing thicker and thicker the deeper they go <clears throat> and they eventually come to this room where they can overhear that a voice 
is saying like, hurry up. We're supposed to bring it back, get it ready, get it going. And uh, Deli and Colin at this point, who are kind of leading the charge, have a quick convo where they're both like, hey, we need to talk. And Colin's jealous that Karna is the new Scald and Deli is jealous that Rafaniel and Colin are best friends. Um, but now's not really the time for this heart to heart. And Deli actually fails a stealth check. So in the other room, they're like, what was that? And they can hear they're coming to investigate. Um, but as they peek in the next room, Deli can see there's all these Saprophrians working on this big, like mushy, toxic pile of rot that there is a bridge that goes across. Um, not entirely sure what to make of this, like this rot pool, if you will. Um, but Colin, who is now wearing a robe of one of the FDA members from the previous battle, tries to pretend to be a worker, like having a coughing fit. And that is what made the noise that the, uh, the FDA members are now investigating. But the guy that came to investigate turns out to be Colin's dad and recognizes Colin. Colin wastes absolutely no time and just strikes his dad first. And so we roll initiative. Um, also in this battle, there is a biscuit and gravy Bolbian church guy who has the craziest voice um, that Rafaniel is like strangely attracted to. Uh, so there's this big combat encounter in this really cool um, atmosphere, like I mentioned with this fungal rot pool that is like a big hazard on the map that players keep falling into. Um it's great. Uh combat eventually ends China, you know. Um, run through the highlights really quick um, but it eventually ends with Colin kind of thrusting his father over into the rot pool and then jumping on top of him to like force him down into it um, and it's at this point that um, the party begins to kind of loot the encounter and Colin grabs a necklace off of his father that contains a piece of cheese in it he's not entirely sure what to make of it. Um, but Rafaniel also loots from the Bolbian uh, priest guy this, <clears throat> what we're told is a shard of the bulb. And it is seemingly something that um, the FDA has been using to coerce or rather threaten the Saprophrians into like working with them, kind of strong arming them somehow. Um, in addition to this, uh, Rafaniel actually goes into the muck and fishes out a part of Colin's dad in order to speak with dead with him later, um, potentially, uh, while Karna goes to root through the muck to loot the Bolbian priest's uh, staff. And she actually does get it, and after a nat 20 inspection check on it, realizes that it's partially made of something that none of them have seen before some sort of unknown metal but when Rafaniel takes a look at it he has one of his dark twisted reactions to it um, and it seems to be the same metal that he sees in his dark visions the same metal that the whirling blades are composed of he then inspects it closer rolls a 31 on the investigation check and realizes that this metal does indeed sit beyond the nature of this world. It's not of the bulb or the hungry one. It's alien. Um, but he knows that he's been touched by it. He then hears one of the nearby, like, worker Saprophrians say, Deus. Deus, I've heard them say. Some prepare. They say it's part of why we help who they ask us. They say, Deus Pazul. 
I don't think I was supposed to hear. They talk of the war above with our elder. Our elder made a deal for all of Saprophus. And basically, the crew pieces together that the Sanctus Putris strong-armed the Saprophians into helping them by, one, using kind of like that shard of the bulb, you know, not necessarily that specific one, but that and others to kind of like strong-arm them, but two, by telling them, you know, you have to help us or else the apocalypse is going to come. And if you help us, there's going to be plenty of rot and decay for for your kingdom. Um, and the Saprophian continues by saying, our sacred seclusion was seclusion was breached, but they promised prosperity, a windfall of decay of nutrients to empower the mycelium for generations. We don't trust surface folk, but the elder is strong. The elder is the voice of the heart. Raphael then asks, like, where is the elder? And the Saprophian kind of like, you know, says, kind of, I think points like to a direction. They basically find out that the elder is with the archbishop, um, but that's a little bit later. So Raphael asks if he can see the staff with the metal on it. And Karna says for a trade. And she telepathically asks him, what his original FDA blackmail was. And he responds by saying, um, I knew that that child, Amungo's child, could not be an heir. And that was not a matter of me just knowing dates and calendars. Basically implying he knew it couldn't have been an heir based on other knowledge he had, i.e. that he may have had a hand in the king's death. Um, is at least how I understood it. Uh, if we don't find out for sure, for sure, um, in this next episode, that'll definitely be something Blake and I dive into in our next discussion. Um, anyway, they then travel deeper uh, into these tunnels stealthily to come try and find the archbishop, to try and find the elder. And as they do, the mycelium continues to get much denser. And eventually they come across a town, homes, buildings, um, civilians, people living just their everyday lives. And this is their first look at Saprophis, the seventh kingdom of Calorum. And as they're darting through the shadows, they do come across two more FDA members who are having a discussion. And they're actually talking about the fact that they may be under attack. There is word of some sort of scuffle that has gone on. And they're trying to be sneaky here. And uh, Amon Go telepathically tries to suggest them to like come out of the street and into the shadows where they are. Um, and Karna disguises herself as one of the FDA members from before. And she walks up and says like, Hey, come with me. There's, there's been a problem. So they follow. And then the rest of the crew ambushes them and they really mess one of them up who they realize is actually Chutney, who is Elmon Go's former handmaiden. Uh, they then threaten the other one who is like a slice of pizza and tell them, Hey, Tell us what's going on or that's going to happen to you too. So the pizza FDA member says that the mycelium here produces like these, these spores, these small level of toxins. But if you were to release the entirety of the heart's toxins into the city above where all of the armies are, it would cause enough death and destruction to satiate the hungry one for generations. He says there's no way to stop it. Um, that's why I'm even telling you this. We're just waiting for the archbishop's command. 
who stands at the heart along with the elder, awaiting the finale. They then tell the pizza man, well, hey, take us there. And he obliges after being threatened once again. And they stealthily take off, continuing to where the mycelium gets the thickest, the densest. And they eventually arrive at these massive stairs with guards. And they then kill the pizza man as soon as they get there, basically, you know, him having served his purpose. And they uh, once again disguise themselves as a couple of FDA members, um, but pretend that Delhi and Amon Go are their prisoners. So they walk up the stairs and tell the guards, like, hey, we've come with a gift. And that's where the episode ends. Once again, episode five of The Ravening War, The Seventh Kingdom. Guys, thank you again for uh, bearing with me through that recap. Jeremy, thanks for being moral support. Uh, again, if you're on the recap video only, uh, there will be a link down in the description to the full episode. Or in this case, there's not really a full episode because, again, I'm with Jeremy and not my normal co-host. So normally not talking to a stuffed animal for anyone new that's made it this far. Uh, but there will definitely be a full-on discussion for the finale, which again is tonight. And we will be having a watch party at 7 p.m. Central Time in the Discord, uh, where you can also find a link down below. So we'd love to have you join us for that. We will be chatting along and uh, seeing how this story comes to its conclusion. So until then, y'all, uh, again, sorry that we didn't get to have a real episode uh, this week, but really looking forward to diving in deep on the finale.